Ghostly Thistle presents The Antique Shop Episode 31 The Eternal Rose I haven't really felt like telling these stories in a while. It's no fair, is it? Life carries on, passes you by no matter how much you want it to stay still. Customers still come in, lectures and tutorials need to be attended, exams need to be revised, Faye, and I didn't want any of it. I'm not enjoying things the way I used to before. Drinking, clubbing, going out with pals. It's all joyless. Coming to the shop has become a chore, and I dread it a lot more than I used to. I didn't really know how to explain it. I want to be fine, go back to how I used to be. But I just canny. I can't get past what happened, what I did, to that customer, to Reed. I know he's been gone before, but never for this long. He was only released for the hospital a few weeks ago. He seems to be doing okay. The doctors are pleased with his recovery. He liked the hospital about as much as I did. I'm glad I didn't have to go there anymore, though. The shop hasn't been quiet. Just because I'm missing a familiar doesn't mean the customers have let up. I've just no felt like recording them. It might be good to talk, though. Even if it's to a computer. It's been mostly Kronos and I in the shop. Finn has started coming in more than he used to, and I can tell it's to keep me company. I've not told anyone about what happened with the owl at the bus stop about what I'd done. I didn't like thinking about it, let alone sharing it with others. It was only Kronos and I this day when a customer came in. We both could tell pretty quickly it was a special customer, even before the minimalistic white business card was pulled for his wallet which was stuffed with cash, by the way. I'm surprised it stayed closed. He wore too much aftershave and spent more on his watch and shoes than I earned in a month, probably a year. It's been a while since there was a special customer. I almost forgot what to do. As usual, the madam was waiting for us at the top of the stairs. After she'd motioned for the customer to go and sit in the front room, she told me she wouldn't be needing tea. That's never a good sign. The customer told my boss that he'd been given her card by a friend of a friend, who'd seemed to think she'd have what he was looking for. This was a first. I'd been wrong about this bloke being a special customer. It didn't seem like he had a problem the madam could solve. Was he a collector, like Flora? 
This isn't how our thought collectors worked. They gave items to the shop. In the year and a bit I'd been working, I'd never seen Flora come and take something. The customer explained he was looking for a rose. One single rose. I'm pretty sure there was a wee florist in the road for the shop, but I was wise enough not to say this at the time. He was a bit vague about this rose, but it must have been special if he thought it was in the shop. The only flowers I'd ever seen were embroidered in frames or handkerchiefs. I'd never seen a real one. It's no like you can get an antique rose. They're deed after a few weeks. I, as usual, was the only one who didn't have a clue what was being spoken about. Madame Norna confirmed that there were a few roses in the shop and that he was welcome to look around for as long as he liked in order to find the one he wanted. If he managed to find it, he could have it. I almost snorted. It was impossible to find anything in the shop Unless you specifically hid it, and even then there was still a chance it'd be gone when you next checked. The items in the shop rotated of their own accord. How many times has a customer bought something I've never seen, even though I have a nosy round the shop regularly? I suppose that was the crux of it. Just because I'd never seen a rose in the time I'd been working there, doesn't mean there wasn't one. But this was different, wasn't it? This customer was looking for this rose. He knew exactly what he wanted, unlike the other customers who came in and found something that caught their eye. Does it work the same in both cases? Could you go looking for your fate? And if you did, did it necessarily mean you'd get what you expected? This customer was delighted at my boss's answer and went straight down into the shop to start rummaging round. The sleeves of his shirt were round his elbows and he was clambering on and over the larger antiques in the shop. I stayed at the counter with Kronos, wondering if it was too morbid to make a bet on which wardrobe would fall over and squash him first. There was never any order to the items in the shop. It was packed rows of chaos. Wardrobes beside mirrors, magazines piled like mountains on the floor, vinyls propped against vanity tables, salt and pepper shakers perched on a typewriter. As I said before, I could barely find anything, and I was there practically every day. As I was getting ready to go home, he assumed it was closing time and begrudgingly stopped his search. I guessed he'd only made it about a third of the way through the visible clutter. Kronos and I'd had to put up with his laboured breathing all the way through our card game. I thought that was the end of it, but I realised in hindsight that was a stupid thought. When I arrived at the shop the next day, he was there again, digging further through the mess. Kronos told me when I joined him at the counter that the customer had been there since first thing that morning. 
I sighed loudly before I could stop myself. Were we going to have to put up with him for another day? The answer was I. He huffed and puffed his way through the chaos until, a few hours after he'd stopped to have lunch, he pulled out a wooden box, audibly triumphant. Kronos and I stole glances. Or rather, I had to steal glances. Kronos could just outright stare, as no one told animals it was rude. We tried to hide our card game the previous day, but it was soon obvious that the customer wouldn't even notice that some cards were lined up in front of a cat. His triumphant huff soon gave way to a dejected sigh, a quiet growl, a frustration. Whatever the box was, it wasn't what he was looking for. He kept the first box in sight, but continued to tear the rest of the shop apart, looking for this rose. By the time the second day was over, he'd found two wooden boxes, and still wasn't satisfied. Kronos and I had to put up with him for another day. On the third day, he only found one box, and that seemed to satisfy him. His cheery triumph was all we heard. I think Kronos was almost disappointed it wasn't followed by a swear word. After a few moments, which was all the time I needed to hide the cards, the customer swaggered out of the depths of the shop, three small boxes balanced precariously in his hands. They reminded me a wee bit of jewellery boxes, but had deeper sides. All three were almost identical, made for the same tan-coloured wood. How did he know the difference? The customer told me to thank the madam. He was sure he'd found what he was looking for. I nodded politely and watched him leave, a spring in his step. After the last echoes of the bell had faded, I asked Kronos about this rose that was worth three days of being knee-deep in the nightmares of the shop. Before he told me the answer, Kronos commented he was surprised it had taken me so long to ask. Usually I was the first one to start quizzing him or the madam. I hadn't noticed. Even though the customer had been in the shop looking for this rose for three days, I just hadn't been that interested. This is a shop where everything inside has a purpose. Everything inside has the power to change someone's fate, for better or worse. What did I care about the torture this rose could inflict? It's not like I could do anything. It's not like I really wanted to anymore. I shrugged at Kronos, feeling it was probably best not to say anything at all about his observation. He began to tell me the Rosie's story. Many centuries ago, there'd been a man who lived in a cold and bitter climate. Winters were harsh, and there was no summer, just extended springs and autumns. Very few things grew except hardy plants and trees. There were no flowers where this man lived with his wife and infant daughter, 
all this bairn had known were snow-covered plains, distant craggy mountains and frost-covered grass and soil. Her father, the man, wished to give his daughter a gift, something that they could always cherish. Thankfully, this man was magically inclined. On his annual visit to the local town, a journey of many days away, he bought a fresh rosebud and placed it inside a specifically crafted glass box, which he sealed so only he could open. He brought it back to his home and gave it to his daughter, explaining that once every year the rose would bloom, no matter the weather outside. The whole family gathered around the glass box every year to watch the petals unfurl, the delicate folds curling at the edges, a perfect red rose. Every year, for three years, the family waited and watched as the rose bloomed for a day or two, before shedding its petals and returning to an impossible bud. Before the fourth year arrived, the man's daughter died. Consumed by grief, the man could barely look at the rose. He thought about throwing it on the fire, convinced it was useless, nothing but a reminder of happy times he would never experience again. It was his wife who convinced him to keep it, since it had brought so much joy. Perhaps it one day would again. The man, too captured by grief, only half agreed. He knew he'd never be able to look at the roseway joy again, so he altered it to never bloom, to always remain a bud, fixed in time. That was how the rosebud stayed for the remaining decades of the man's life, until he found himself on his own deathbed. As he took his last breath, the rose took its first. The bud bloomed into the beautiful rose it had been back in the days of his daughter's life. It was the last thing the man saw before he passed on. And every 100 years, on the anniversary of his death, the rose bloomed again. Over the centuries, there'd been many fakes made and exchanged all in the quest to find the real one. The fakes were mostly harmless. Real roses in a real glass box that died and never bloomed again. But some were vicious, sometimes killing and maiming the poor sods who had the misfortune to possess them. There were always more than a handful of collectors or enthusiasts who looked for the rose. Some claimed they had the real one, Others were convinced the real one had been destroyed long ago. Know that it stopped them from looking. Kronos, after some contemplative silence, concluded that the hundred-year anniversary was coming up soon, which would explain the customer's doggedness to find it. There was always a rush around that time, he confessed. I asked if the rose was different to any other you can find in a florist. No, it was the same. But he admitted he didn't think it mattered. 
The rose itself was near the draw. It was the story behind it. The novelty of seeing something so rare and precious. I wished that customer good luck and thought little of the story afterwards. Until I found a box of my own. And then another. Both identical to the three the customer had left with. How many of these friggin' things were in the shop? I wouldn't be surprised if we had a never-ending supply. One felt different to the other. They looked identical, but one was... warm. I know that sounds strange, and I didn't mean warm to the touch. As I felt its weight in my hand, I began to remember this holiday my da and I had taken to Loch Catherine. It was during the summer holidays, but the weather was shite as usual. Every day we'd woken up to mist and rain. Our coats were permanently wet and socks always soggy. It ruined a few days out. Yet, in the evenings we'd sit on the sofa, draped in blankets even though it was summer, eating our favourite ice cream and watching some crap on the telly, laughing and shouting at the presenters. It's still one of my favourite holidays. One I thought I'd forgotten until I touched that wooden box. I put the other box back where I found it and kept the warm one. I didn't take it back to the flat. That would have been a bitch to explain. For the next few days, I'd check the rosebud in the glass box to see if it had bloomed in my absence. A few days later... I was surprised to find that it had. I put it on the glass counter and Kronos and I watched intently as each petal began to unfurl, the edges crinkle and quiver. It's just a rose, like the ones you can buy in any florist, the ones that flood the shops leading up to Valentine's Day. But it's so much more special than that. One single short-stemmed rose enclosed in a glass box, destined to keep blooming until the end of time, even when its creator is gone, even when the memories are gone, and its past is nothing but a fairy tale. I can kind of see why people desperately look for it. It shouldn't be mesmerising. But each day, when I came in the shop, I watched as it reached its full bloom, and as one by one, the petals began to fall. They didn't congregate at the bottom, they didn't become mulch, they just disappeared. One moment there'd be a few loose petals at the bottom, and then the next, they'd be gone. There was one day, when about half of its petals had gone, when I thought, for the shortest a moments, that I wouldn't be here when it bloomed next. I'd be long deed and buried, and some other customer who hasn't even been born yet would rummage through the antiques trying to find it. Then I realised, with sourness, that wasn't true. I would still be here. I'd be, well, We know what I'd be by then. And that's 
never been a more bitter pill to swallow. I've not told anyone... Anyone? Anyone! God. But I was wise enough not to say that. This customer was delighted at my boss's answer. Bosses? No, I don't usually pronounce it like that, do I? But it was soon obvious that the customer wouldn't even notice that some cards would... What? Eating our favourite ice cream and waiting... Shit. Thank you for listening to episode 31 of The Antique Shop. 30... Oops, nope. Forgotten how to do this already. Thank you for listening to episode 31 of The Antique Shop. Episode 32 will be released in two weeks' time.